Welcome to the Last Billion Podcast. This is the first episode of our second season. We've got a new name. Previously, we were called M4D Insider. And we've got a new format, which we'll unveil in coming episodes. But today, we do have some familiar voices. I'm your host, Janet Chulist, and I'm joined by Arunjay Katakam and Nika Nagavi. Arunjay is a futurist and entrepreneur, and Nika is the Director of Data and Insights for the Mobile Money Program at the GSMA. And that's a hint at our topic today. On this episode, we're discussing the future of mobile money. In one corner, we have mobile network operators, and in the other, fintechs and over-the-top players. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you, Janet. Thanks for um, having me in your show today. Of course. So, Nika, earlier this year, the GSMA released the State of the Industry Report on Mobile Money, and this focuses heavily on the progress of MNOs. What are some of the key highlights from this year's report? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that was uh, a surprise for everyone was the fact that 2019 was a momentous year for the industry. And there were so many new trends and exciting industry first that uh, kind of surprised us all. Uh, to begin with, for the first time, the industry surpassed the 1 billion mark. Wow. And uh, this is very significant because I think, as you remember, just uh, shy of five years ago, the industry was below a half a billion uh, mark. And I recall when I joined the GSMA, this figure was around 200, 300 million. So the industry has come a long way in that sense. And that's 1 billion transactions, right? 1 billion registered mobile money accounts. Oh, wow. Okay, so even better. Yeah, so then I think the second uh, kind of interesting trend is that it, uh, in 2019, the industry became nearly a $2 billion a day industry as well, meaning that uh, on a daily basis, $2 billion are processed through mobile money platforms globally, which is a significant figure. Uh, comparing to what others are doing, like the likes of MasterCard, uh, Visa, and so on. Though it's a different concept, and it's not apples to apples if you want to compare. Wow, yeah. But yeah, I think going back to the report, um, the other key kind of industry first that happened was that in 2019, uh, we saw uh, that digital transactions reached new heights. And in terms of the evolution of digital ecosystem, Uh, Something happened that we can only describe as the industry reaching a digital threshold. So for the first time, digital transactions are surpassing the cash-based transactions. So overall, 57% of the flows are through digital uh, transactions as opposed to cashing and cash out. This means that a larger proportion of how money enters the system, which traditionally used to be through cash-ins, is through digital means, uh, for instance, uh, by salary uh, disbursements, international re- uh, remittances, or basically um, bulk disbursements as well, which was a salary and government disbursements. And also a larger proportion of how money uh, leaves the system is through digital means as well, either through bill payments, merchant payments, uh, international remittances, sending money uh, cross borders and so on. That is quite key. And I think the other thing that was um, an industry first that kind of everyone was waiting for was the fact that uh, for the first time, there is more money circulating the mobile money ecosystem than exiting it. And the pro- proportion and ratios were quite significant as well. So the value in circulation was around $22 billion, which significantly surpasses what we saw 
exiting the system, which was around $18 billion. I think for me, those were the kind of uh, four key takeaways and highlights, though the report has many other uh, interesting trends to have a look at as well. Yeah. And it really does does show that, you know, customers are finding value in mobile money and keeping their funds digital. Exactly. We, we see that people are trusting the system more. Yeah. So they're feeling more comfortable with leaving funds in their accounts. And it also shows that the industry has the capability of digitizing this huge amount of funds as well. Arunjay, what are some of the highlights from fintech players in the last year? So actually, Nika, thank you so much for sharing these insights. And I think it's a huge achievement for the mobile money industry and for financial inclusion. But we know it didn't happen easily. Over the last 13 years, mobile money providers have tirelessly worked to establish agent networks, onboard customers, and build a digital financial ecosystem. And their work has dramatically shifted the payment landscape for billions of customers worldwide. But to your point, Janet, new digital challenges are emerging and the over-the-top players are starting to try new things. So whilst they didn't previously succeed, and we've got like the 2016 attempt by WeChat Pay in South Africa, which failed, and a few others that similarly didn't quite come off. Mm -hmm. But in 2019, we had a number of players, particularly in Nigeria, a really hot market um, where, you know, players like Palm Play and Ope uh, emerged. Yeah. Now, recently, some of them have, have taken a hit due to the COVID pandemic, uh, but it, it's still a very nascent time for the digital challengers who are likely to come and really challenge the mobile money providers. Yeah. And what do you think are sort of the strengths of those digital challengers when you look at them compared to MNOs? So actually, I mean, 10 years ago, MNOs had a, a great set of assets, primarily their brand. And, you know, they, that was so strong. But today, a lot of these digital players have, have built their brands like Facebook you know, if you go back to 2012, there was two mobile money accounts for one Facebook account in sub-Saharan Africa. That's now reversed. Mm -hmm. And actually, ironically, it's the MNOs who partnered with Facebook and, and you know, gave them that sort of market share and awareness and through Facebook Zero and, and Internet.org and all these different initiatives. Likewise, you know, Google, Amazon, I all become global brands that are much more well-known now. So trust is a little bit more ubiquitous with these, these brands. So I think that is, that's a key asset. And then I think the other one is the messaging. So like WhatsApp particularly like has, you know, close to 2 billion users on, on the platform. So when they do turn on payments and it's just, only a matter of when they would have you know instantly access to these customers of course they have to onboard them and kyc them and do all these things but it's still so much easier than you know the way mobile money providers had to do it over the last 10 years 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head for sure in terms of messaging and it being so important uh, in this time, particularly with COVID-19. I'm curious how you both feel about how uh, both MNOs and fintechs are responding uh, to this pandemic and how that's sort of shaping the future of mobile money. Nika, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I think um, I kind of totally don't agree with RNG on like them having more uh, edge um, in terms of uh, expanding financial inclusion or the future of like fintech in predominant uh, markets for mobile money is successful so across sub-Saharan Africa or in South Asia. We see a lot of investment going to these fintech players. That is That gives them a bit of edge. But I think what is lacking from the likes of WhatsApp and Facebook is the local um, basically knowledge and the know-how and also the network um, and the relationship that MNOs have set up over the years with the regulators, policymakers and local entities, that is uh, very invaluable in a sense. And uh, these guys have so many challenges ahead of themselves that they haven't thought through. Um, so I think that is key. The market uh, knowledge how um, is key. When it comes to COVID, I think we can see where MNOs are kind of ahead of others, especially that in a, lar- a lot of markets, uh, what we saw was that, um, let's say, let's pick one basically vertical within fintech, fintech which is um, money transfer operators or <clears throat> international remittances. We saw a lot of those services were not declared as essential services, but the mobile money uh, agents um, who are also grocery shops and mom and pop shops, they were uh, declared as essential services and that ensured that their service continuity. Uh, MNOs made sure that these um, basically agents are supported from PPE perspective. We saw Vodacom basically um, creating 3,000 wash basins in all of their agent uh, basically outlets in Mozambique, ensuring that they have access to soap and um, basically running water every time for both customers and agents as well. And we see we saw a lot of operators ensuring that their like, uh, agents know how to protect themselves um, uh, for the pandemic. So service continuity was there. Um, Agents were declared in a lot of markets as essential services, if not because of the mobile money model and the fact that a lot of these agents are also um, are running a micro retail business on a side. We saw service continuity. Mm-hmm. Also, we've seen a lot of other measurements being implemented uh, from waiving transaction fees to uh, increasing transaction limits, relaxing K- KYC basically, uh, requirements, which all helped uh, with business continuity, etc. Obviously, because of the lockdown, economic activities were slower than uh, usual. That meant that um, basically transactions like Kiko, cash in, cash out, were less because a lot of people were scared of handling cash as well. But uh, what we hear from our members is that digital transactions were on the rise. Um, so I think what happened during the pandemic shows how essential mobile money services were in ensuring that the basically uh, economy is running in different markets. Yeah. Arunjay, is there anything you've come across um, with COVID response for fintechs? Yeah, no, I, just to echo a lot of Nika's points and, you know, they, many of the providers dropped their fees and saw a lot of increased transactions. And, and you know, it looks like these this, this increased levels of transactions is here to stay. Of course, we'll only find out, uh, you know, when when 
things get better. But in the meantime, you know, it's uh, it's really encouraging that mobile money is playing a key role uh, in keeping the the wheels of the economies turning. I think just to come back to one of Nika's earlier points on on the know-how of the OTT players, I think for me, you know, it's hard to say when you talk about Facebook and WhatsApp because we don't know who's in their team. And, you know, they very well, they were, they announced last year that they were going to hire 100 people. They very well may have hired, you know, some good talent. But one example we do know is Pompey in, in Nigeria, who, you know, have raised, uh, I think it's 40 million last year. And they, um, you know, they headed by uh, Greg Reeves, an industry veteran, and he knows a thing or two about setting up mobile money services, right? So Reeves led Vodafone's group strategy in 2009, and over three years turned around their various struggling deployments, particularly M-Pesa and Tanzania. He went on to Tigo and, you know, has really huge and in-depth knowledge of, of how the industry works. Uh, and he has obviously taken a lot of people who worked with him over this past decade uh, to form his team. So, you know, their strategies are different. Um, you know, Pompey is using uh, techno, uh, you know, mobile phones to embed the app at point of purchase. So like prior to point of purchase so that the app comes on the phone. So it's a very different strategy and uh but but i wouldn't um i don't buy the argument that they don't know what they're doing they do yet the jury is still out you know they could um you know there's no guarantee for success you know it's it's been hard slog for the mobile money providers so uh, all these guys are you know budding challengers yeah yeah, I, I see your point on, on handsets, actually, RNG. That's And also going back to the point you made earlier on messaging services, we see um, the likes of Alipay and WeChat where messaging and kind of like payments are converged in their strategy. They're part of like um, two sides of the same coin because we know a lot of transactions require you to tell someone that I've made a transaction or let's just like raise money for um, Janet's uh, wedding gift or something like that. So, uh, and we know the limitations with feature phones and we know the limitations with basic phones. I know feature phones are getting smarter. And obviously, that's where Pampay comes to play because they have these feature smartphones that are affordable. Um, but it's also interesting to see if MNOs will go to the smartphone financing, uh, basically, um, avenue and double down their efforts in on that front uh so interesting laws uh, in the past couple of days actually we saw safaricom announcing their um smartphone financing offering and that is uh, there is all over the place they're pushing for it so it's interesting to see if others do the same as well i believe that most of these phones will be uh, basically pre-installed with operators mobile money app so uh, I think they're basically thinking about different avenues as well. Mm-hmm. You can't really offer something which is fu- futuristic and appeals to the young tech-savvy uh, generation across the continent. Let's talk about Sub-Saharan Africa, for instance. Um, that is not smartphone-based or feature smartphone-based. 
so you need to cater to their needs uh, as well. It's a, Africa's a very young continent. In five years, they, they're, they're going to demand the same uh, level of service and uh, same level of content that they see from these uh, tech giants and uh, basically frontiers. Uh, so MNOs have a bit of a uh, basically um, room to improve there and they need to catch up uh, with uh, some of these players. Yeah, I think um, of particular interest to this podcast is really the those last billion people who remain unconnected and, and don't have access to financial services. I'm wondering, you know, looking ahead in the future, who can truly reach these last mile people? Is it is it the MNOs with their um, existing distribution networks, or is it fintech players with interesting new new models? I think we can both agree here that um, it, it is the mobile operators who have a much better chance at reaching these last billion. My you know fear is will they be around? You know, of course the MPSs of the world will, but you know many of the others I think are going to struggle a little bit. And I think, you know, for me, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they partner more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we're starting to see some of that. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point, RMJ, because whoever enters any of these markets can't really build up a viable business going to uh, last mile. Yeah. And we know most of what was happening in the MNO side is that a lot of... Um, cross-subsidizing of revenues is happening. So nine, basically 95% of the revenues are coming from that 5% who are um, more affluent, who are earning more salaries. And uh, by um, innovation and innovative fintech players going for that sector, uh, then MNOs will um, have a bit of a competition on their hand because they, their business model won't survive only serving the last mile and bottom of pyramid. I was just going to actually share uh, news from last week regarding uh, the partnership with Vodacom and uh, Ant Financial in South Africa and wanted to gain some reactions from you guys on that. I, I think it's an interesting move, no? Iron mm, I think you were around in our team when um, Vodacom was live, their mobile money service was live in South Africa. Yeah, that was their second uh, incarnation, and then they pulled the plug. So now four years after they pulled the plug on their platform, they, they're having another go, this time uh, with the Chinese giant and financial, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this is the kind of partnerships I think that we'll see more of. They, um, you know, and financial bring the technology and and the know-how of having done this so incredibly well in China, and Vodafone and Vodacom bring a lot of the on-the-ground game, so it should be super interesting, and especially South Africa, a market that's been a graveyard. Both Vodacom and MTN have tried and failed on a number of occasions. So um, yeah, it's just watch the space. Exactly. It's interesting because for me, I think there is this vanilla mobile money model that works in East Africa, where there is a huge unbanked population, a huge uptake of um, basically mobile phones. But then there are markets that are in the gray area. There are markets that there is a good banking infrastructure, but at the same time, there's a huge unbanked population, the likes of like India, Indonesia, Nigeria, South Africa, 
Egypt. So when you look at that, we, we've seen that all MNOs have so far struggled for different reasons, from regulatory barriers to other reasons. But it's interesting to see this. This partnership is very exciting because I'm sure that at Vodacom, they realize that the market needs is very different from their other markets. Um, and they need to really enter the market from the fintech um, basically angle with a strong ally and who better than Alipay um, to, to do this with. I think it makes sense to leave it there. For our listeners, we want to hear what you think. Where do MNOs and fintechs fit in the future of mobile money? Let us know. You can reach us at lastbillion.org. I want to thank our guest, Nika, for speaking to us today. Nika, where can people find more information about you and the GSMA? Thank you, and Janet and Aaron J for inviting me uh, to this episode. So you can reach me at Nagavi Nika uh, on Twitter. And also um, we have a dedicated page on the uh, gsma.com for the mobile money program where you can find the state of the industry report and other publications that we have. Great. And Arunjay, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at, at Arunjay and also on LinkedIn. Great. So finally, thank you for listening. We'd love your feedback and you can always reach us at lastbillion.org. <laughs>